Father, again, we just thank you for the opportunity uh, to be here, the opportunity to share your word with my friends, my sisters, my brothers. And I just pray, as always, that your word would be rightly divided. We, uh, we're just so thankful for uh, a God that has endless love and boundless mercies and just uh, his mercies endures forever. So we thank you, Father, for what you've done. And we know in our, from my very hearts, Father, that this is the day that you have made. And I pray that we will continue to rejoice and be glad in it. So again, we give praise and honor to the one and only lofty one, Father. That's you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So have your way in this place tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, for those who may be aware, I've been uh, teaching from the book, book of Ezekiel. But we're going to take a, a detour tonight and going to teach from uh, Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. Matthew 26, 36 through 46. That's our desire tonight. And what this is about uh, is the power of prayer. I've heard a, a couple of things within these, this last week or so, and uh, I just felt compelled to touch on this. This wasn't my original thought, but I've heard that we make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. And, and I, I'm... I'm Finding out that there's a lot of truth to that. And this is just one indication. Yes. Lord, what do we need tonight? We need to talk about prayer and the power of prayer. Yes. And um, so uh, a couple of things that I heard that just sort of troubled me again, and I felt compelled to go here is uh, talking to someone in the body that they say they're believers, so I can't doubt that. And he said to me, I think that prayer is just a, a matter of positive thinking. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, brother. Uh, I can't agree with you on that one. If it's just a matter of positive thinking, then you would get everything you wish for. <laughs> and that's not necessarily good. You know, because if, if, if the Lord had granted me the things that I wish for, I probably wouldn't be standing before you guys tonight. And I mean that sincerely. Because those things would have taken me away because uh, being a person of science, I had all the trappings of the world at that time in my life. So God was only for you guys who are needy. I didn't need anything. I got the toys. I got the filthy lucre. I've got that. But, and uh, so he just showed me uh, way back when where... That, and when this person said that, it just sort of struck a nerve with me because that, that is saying, you know, whatever I wish for, if I really focus on it, if I really stay positive, then he's going to give that to me. And that is absolutely not true. And uh, so, again, when we go through this tonight, there are just several things that I want to touch on. And I won't get ahead. I'll try not to get ahead. I'll just stay with the scripture as best I can and just share during that time what the Lord has shown me and what he's shown me for us. Amen. So that, that's the direction tonight. Uh, let's start off by reading those 10 verses. Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot, uh, cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, 
your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hand of sinners. Verse 46. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So, the God of the universe prays. He prayed. He's praying. He's interceding for us even now. So, if the God of the universe found it necessary to pray, should we find that any less in our hearts, in our minds, in our actions? So when you say, when it was said, some of you wouldn't say that, I hope, that it's just positive thinking. It's just having a, a positive frame of mind. And, and for those who said that they don't really need God. I don't really need him. What do I need him for? I've got, I've got all the stuff. I've got all of this. Look at here. I got the car. I got the house on the hill. I got a fine family. I've got all these things, so what do I need God for? What do I pray for? What does a person pray for when they've got it all? And the thing is, folks, that stinking thinking, we never have it all. Not even on this side. If you've got salvation, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have him as a personal, in a personal relationship, now you've got it all. And the word tells us that all this stuff is going to fade away. It's going to rust. It's going to be eaten by moths. It's going to be destroyed. And now what do you got? But unfortunately, we don't see this until we're past it. For those of us who came to Christ later in life, we understand now what that means. And we thought, first of all, when we were young, we had eternity. We were going to live forever. And not only that, but I'll live and have my fun now, and then I'll straighten out later on. Uh, that's bad thinking. Because you don't know that you've got later on. You don't know your timing. You don't know the Lord's timing for your life. Be ye ready. And that doesn't mean that, man, next year I'll, I'll straighten it out. Next week, next month. Even tomorrow, you don't know. So, why did Jesus pray? Jesus prayed because, just like his father wanted to hear from him, our Heavenly Father wants to hear from us. He knows my needs. He knows my wants. Your mom knows your needs. But she would prefer to have you communicate with her. Your dad knows your needs. He would prefer to have a conversation with you. Well, dad, this is what's going on. Yeah, I know. So why haven't you done something about it? I was waiting for you to talk to me. That's the attitude that we need to take. So we're going we're gonna to take a prayer, and there's going to be some questions, and I'm, I'm going to answer those according to the scripture and the scripture only. As far as an opinion, you're not going to hear that. I don't have an opinion about this. I know what the Word of God says. So if you're a note taker, I'm going to try and slow it down a little bit. Uh, someone last, last time I was here, Sunday night, I think, he said, you start off kind of slow, but all of a sudden you picked up speed. And I've never heard anybody say that about me. You picked up speed. <laughs> but anyway, why pray? Why do we pray? Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Misconception. Whatever you pray for, you'll get. No, that's not what it means. Because if we received everything that we prayed for, we would destroy ourselves. The things that I like, the things that I... I I don't want to use the word hoard, but the things that can very easily be an idol for me, 
that would just cause me to have more of those things, whatever that is. Whatever things I'm obsessed with now, I would be 10 times more obsessed if I were able to, let's say, just from a monetary standpoint, afford them. Just because you ask for it, if it's not his will, you will not receive it. And we talked about this last time. I asked the Lord for this and he didn't answer me. What we have to remember at the risk of repeating it, no is an answer. Wait is an answer. Not now is an answer. So we just wait to hear yes, yes, yes. And if not the Lord's will, he will not give us that. He will not give us something that's going to destroy us. And now he doesn't tempt us, but he does test us. Okay, I'm going to give you that because I want you to see for yourself the impact of this thing on your life. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to test you and see where your heart really is. Because this thing is going to turn into an idol. This thing is going to destroy you. This thing or stuff is going to be the last thing that you want. But I'm going to let you find out. And that's what he'll do. And I've seen it and most of you have seen it already. Where he withheld something in our best interest. And he will continue to do that. He loves us. He loves us. And that's why he blesses us. He loves us. That's why he chastens us. So he's going to do that. So be, be conscious of the fact, why do we pray? John 14, 13, 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Does not mean I'm going to give you everything that you ask for. If it's in my name, if it is my will, I will give it. I will do it. And that's the way we need to think. We, we, we get it mixed up. We get it uh, crossed up about what the Lord is really saying to us. John fifteen seven. If you abide in me, free will, and my word abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, those three uh, references are similar in the sense that if you read them incorrectly, you'll get, a, uh, you'll get it all wrong. It doesn't mean that he will give you everything that you want. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. God is not referring to name it and claim it. He doesn't do that. He does not. He loves us way too much to do that. And uh, as I read earlier, uh, it talked about how they, how, how they were asked, Father, teach us to pray. To pray. When you learn to pray, then the how, how when, where, that'll all come. But you start off by praying. And sometimes we take that very lightly. We take every means of fixing our situation. And, well, I've done everything else and it failed, so I guess I'll just pray. That's backwards. Everything starts and ends with prayer. Everything no matter what it is. So that's where we need to go to begin with. Start with prayer. Just pray. Luke 11.1 1. one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. And there are certain religious systems that say you gotta when you pray, you gotta have your eyes closed. When you pray, you gotta be on your knees. When you pray, you gotta face a certain direction. When you pray, the sun has to be in a certain position in the sky. When you pray, it's gotta be three times, four times, whatever, a day. These are all things that 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 were initiated and may not necessarily be supported by scripture. Teach us to pray. He's encouraging us to pray. And then as we read the scripture, Lord willing, we will learn more about what this is all about. What is prayer? 
Prayer is communicating with Jesus. Communication. And everything in life, regardless of what you may think, is based on communication. Everything. Well, you know, we don't really have a communication problem, but we do have a problem with our finances. Why do you have a problem with your finances? Because she didn't tell me, and he didn't tell me what he was doing. I'm a saver. He's a spender. We never talked about it. Communication. What is your issue? I, I don't think he loves me anymore. I don't think she cares for me. I don't think she respects me anymore. So we don't have a communication issue. We just have a, a heart issue with our love with one another. What's the problem? Well, he's not talking to me. He didn't tell me that we were uh, coming apart. He didn't tell me that we would be torn, torn apart. Communication. Well, we have problems because we have little foxes in our home. So we don't really have a communication problem. We have a little foxes problem. How'd you know that? Well, I saw it, but we just never really talked about it. Communication. So when you really break this down, everything comes back to that. We're not talking. There was no line of communication. So my point is, that's the line of communication that our Father wants us to have with him as well, as well as our earthly sisters and brothers. Communication, so important. Not now, Mark. Afterwards, please. How to pray. Matthew 6, 7, 8. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I heard a, a gentleman, another person in the body, different person say, do you think that God knew what, uh, what was going to happen with, uh, in this situation? Uh, yeah, he's God. He knows, so we can't do anything or say anything that's going to surprise him or catch him off guard. And I understood the, the, the context of the question that the gentlemen were asking, because did God really think that this is, is, his, one of his people would destroy his son? Did he really think that he was going to sacrifice him at the altar? Did God know that he wasn't going to go through with it? Uh, yeah, God knew. God knew. So in that context, I really understood his question. But it's just that when he said, did you think that God knew right there? <laughs> yes, the answer is absolutely yes, God knew. So again, uh, he knows all. Amen. He knows all. Amen. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name and your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That is a pattern for prayer. It can be. And it is. It's a pattern for prayer. So you can use that and uh, another, it's not here, I, I didn't intend to put this one in, but I got to also reference uh, uh, Second Chronicles 7.14. Some of you know it well. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven to give their sins and heal their land. That can be a prayer. That can be a, a pattern for prayer. If, but again, this is not, this is some of the things that I personally, and I said this wasn't going to be my opinion. Seek the Lord and ask him what you need to see, what you need to read, what you need to allow to penetrate your heart. And it, it's a matter of, the, so many of us, we read the word, and a lot of time we read the word for knowledge. 
And it's a tragedy because there's so many people, I shouldn't say so many, there's some people that I know, they quote scripture, but their delivery leaves a lot to be desired. They quote scripture, but they don't seek fellowship with other members of the body or of the body of Christ. They don't seek fellowship. So you know these things, and they're the first to quote that and not really live it. Even quoting scripture and the word encourage us to have truth and love. And it's the truth, but the love part isn't coming through. And, and there's something that, that I like to say, and uh, most of you have heard it probably way too much now, but it's just that when someone says, well, I'm just honest, I just speak whatever's on my mind, and they say it as if that's a good thing, a positive thing, and most of the time it is not, because they just, they're, they're speaking scripture, but they're speaking in anger. They're uh, speaking scripture, quoting scripture, but the, the heart is not in it. It's all here. So it's got to be a combination of here and here. You take this knowledge and you translate that into wisdom. And wisdom will allow you to, to speak the truth in love. Knowledge, not necessarily. Well, this is just who I am. So that part about being a new creation, a new creature, that doesn't apply to you? Well, sort of. Okay, that was a definite no. So, Doesn't that apply to you? Does it or it doesn't? If you love the Lord, then, again, back to Scripture. How will you know my people? You will know my people by the love that they have for one another. Is this love coming through right now? And just because this is what you grew up, this is how you grew up speaking to people or speaking at people, you don't want to maintain that. You claim to be new. You claim to be different. You claim to be recreated, remolded in that type of speech. That unloving speech should not come through. And granted, we're wrapped in flesh, we're humankind, and we have a tendency, but we should not have a steady diet of this. It shouldn't be something that's consistent within you. That love for Christ, that heart for Christ should be coming through any time we get an opportunity to fellowship. And, and to also seek fellowship. You know, um, one of the things that, that I remember, and, and I don't know if I've ever shared this, uh, where we were before, uh, a gentleman came up to me uh, and said, you know, I've been at this church two months and nobody has even spoken to me. And I'm thinking, that's not possible because that's how I feel. That's my heart. If I see a new face, I'm going to get to know you. That's just me. Uh, well, I can't do that, brother. I just, I'm not open. I'm not, I'm not bold like that. But if the Lord has put that on your heart, then I consider that reasonable service. Get to know that person. Ask a name. Jesus loves you. And there are people here, even now, that don't feel loved. And they've said this. I don't feel loved at this church. And so, okay, well, here, uh, I want you to read a scripture here and tell me what you think it means. Let's go to... Hmm, where should we go? How about in order to have a friend, you must first be a friend. Tell me what you think that means. Well, I just make myself available, but nobody comes up and talks to me. Wait a minute. Why do you think you're so special until people have to come talk to you rather than you talking to them? What makes you different in that respect? What makes you think that people are going to gravitate around you? And even when they do, they don't want to gravitate towards you again. What's that about? Have you ever really thought about it? Why doesn't anyone want to talk to me? Why doesn't anyone want to sit down and have a meal with me? Maybe you should examine yourself. Again, another thing that I say often if nobody likes you at work, 
Nobody likes you at church. If you're having a problem with just fellowshipping with your family, what's the common denominator? That's what I see. But, you know, it's just, it's very challenging because there are some of us who don't want to hear the truth. And I've heard or read that says a true, the true uh, material of a person's makeup is how much truth can they take about themselves. You can't handle the truth. So these are the kind of things that we need to pray about. We need to pray about, Lord, I'm struggling in this area. And, and I, I just had an occasion uh, back a, weeks ago about a, a very good friend of mine who said, I'm in a dry season. I couldn't let it go. I couldn't just say, yeah, well, you know, yeah, it'll work out. I, I just felt compelled to, to maintain that relationship or strengthen that relationship and just ask the right questions and pray together about why. I've been through dry seasons, and I'm going to say probably most of these people, I'm going to say all of the people in this room tonight have been through a dry season. I'm, I'm making a general statement here, but I'm, I'm not hesitant to say that. Because I, the word says that we are people of like passion. And I go through things, you go through things, and we have and we will. So, again, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking his face. And he'll, he'll deliver. So we talked about why you pray. And we encourage you us to just pray just pray we talked about how you pray now when you pray 1 Thessalonians 5.17 simply pray continually that's it that's not really deep pray continually well I get to a point where there's really nothing to pray about hmm rather <laughs> Think about that. All right, here. I'm going to go very basic on you. You run out of things to pray for. All right? As I would say to a child, the Lord gave you five senses. How many of those are still intact right now? Out of the five, how many are working? So do you take that for granted? I can see. I can taste, I can smell, I can hear. And for good or for bad, I can talk. What? Nothing to pray for? Do you know anybody who's not doing well? I look around this room right now and there are people that we pray for every single day. That may not be considered continually, but every single day. Because I know some of you are going through some things. And so am I. So am I. You know, the temple is crumbling. And, uh, but the Lord's got it. So when to pray? Pray continually. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. All the saints. Not just my buds, not just my peeps, not just the people in Cary Chapel or Rochester, not all the people at Mount Vernon Baptist, not all the people at New Life Fellowship, not all the people at Bethel Full Gospel, all the saints, all. Well, he's not a very nice person. Oh, and you are? Define nice. Well, he's not as nice as me. What does that count for? When to pray? Continually. Praying always. Well, Lord, where to pray? 
Let's see what Matthew 6, 5 through 8 says. And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For the father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. He knows. In our experience, um, when we have fellowship, couples primarily, do you guys pray together? Well, we used to, but I found that my mate, it can go either way, was very critical because he or she was comparing me to them. Well, you prayed, but I didn't really hear any scripture in there. You prayed, but you prayed for two minutes and 37 seconds, and I prayed for a full six minutes. When you pray, there was no oomph in your voice. When I pray, I'm really excited, and you're not. So what happens is that other person gets discouraged. I don't want to pray with you. I don't want to pray around you because you're judging me. You're telling me how I should pray. And that will cause someone to not want to pray with you. Be, be careful of that. Be careful that you don't compare yourself. Be careful that you don't just pray when it can be seen by others. Be careful that your prayer is sincere. Be careful of going at the preconceived notion of if I ask the Lord for this, He's going to deliver. And if I tell the Lord to take this away, he may not do that. He knows, he knows, he knows. One other example that that I think of that I feel compelled to share with you tonight is a situation where um, a young man had been in a motorcycle accident. He was in a coma all kind of tube plugged into him. And this sister went to a pastor of a mega church and he prayed that her nephew would be healed and he would be dancing in the streets within days. Now, here's the problem. The fact that a preacher from a mega church prayed Oh, that's, that's, it's a wrap. This, this is going to happen now. I mean, after all, the guy's got 10,000 members, so he's got a lot of spiritual healing in him. The young man passed away. She didn't understand that. Richard, I don't understand why he was prayed and he told me that my nephew will be healed. What does healing mean to you? He's healed. He's home with the Lord. That's as good as it gets, my friends. But to her, that meant it was going to be that person brought back to, to his normal self, whatever that means, doing all the things that he used to do. That's how she interpreted it. So she was very disappointed. And it changed her life. She still serves the Lord, as far as I know, but that changed her because this is a godly man. And if he prayed that my nephew will be healed. But you need to understand what healing means from the God's perspective. God's got a much better plan for him than we do. And God knew what he was doing. Now, I've been around for hundreds of years. He hasn't failed me yet. He just, he just keeps on blessing me over and over and over again. And 
as I was sitting there pondering, doing the math, it's like, my good days still outweigh my bad days. Thank you, Lord. I won't complain. And it just, it just, I won't say it just hit me, but it's just that how we just allow ourselves to just become so discouraged, how we allow ourselves to become so distraught, how we allow our mind, our hearts to think that we can lose our salvation. Ladies, gentlemen, you cannot lose your salvation. It's a gift. So if you didn't earn this salvation, then how do you lose that salvation? Just pray. Pray continuously, Lord, show me what I need to know right now, tonight, today. Show me what I need to know. Teach me your heart. How are we going to get to know his heart? First of all, by reading his word. And even more so praying that he would teach us through the Holy Spirit what we need to know, how to, how to pray, how to understand prayer. Even teach us to pray. There may be some sitting among us now who don't really know how to pray. All I really know about praying is praying for stuff and things. Not good. And that's okay to a point. But is that really what's most uppermost in your mind? How about that person that's hurting? And it's okay to pray for yourself. It's fine. Well, I'm, gonna, I, I'm selfishly praying for myself. There's nothing, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're praying and you, you think, you realize it's all about stuff and things. It's all about, I want this, I want that. I don't want this, I don't want that. Then we need to read more. We need to dig deeper. Where's the Lord's heart? And again, he saw a need to pray. So shouldn't we? There's so many things here um, that, that as, a, as we're going through this, but it's just that it's personal. And that's why I stress every chance I get to develop a personal relationship with you. What he has for you is for you. He is not a respecter of person. I did this for the men and women in the Bible, but I really don't want to do that for you. No, no. Anything that he's done for anyone at any time, regardless if it was A.D., B.C., whatever, he'll do for you today, tonight. He's able. And as I spoke to one of the brothers uh, yesterday, we don't know his plan. We know that he's able, but we don't know his will for doing these things. And I just feel it's so important that we really understand the power of prayer. And there's so many scriptures that we can, we can go to, but these were just some that were put on my heart. And I, I'm just going to challenge us. No exceptions. Dig in every chance you get. Find out what his heart is. What is, Lord, what is God's heart? What does he have for me? And um, at this particular time in life, my life, I'm at a crossroads. I've never not had a job. And I, it was a choice, you know. And so now, just waking up this morning thinking I'm not committed to any career. I'm not committed to volunteering. I'm not committed to anything that I'm aware of. But I have a God, I have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I know he's got a plan for me. Now, just like you, there's a little flesh wrapped around here. And I'm, I'm going to try and find something that I like to do. 
It's the old dreaded me monster with the eye disease. Me, 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 I, I, I. But that's what I need prayer for. Lord, don't allow this flesh. Well, okay, you can allow it to make plans, but I don't have to question what he's going to direct my steps. I already know it. I don't know where he's going to send me. I don't know where he's going to take me. Who shall I send? Who will go for me? Ooh, 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 I'll go. And that's the attitude, the only attitude that I want to have. And that's the attitude I want to encourage, encourage each and every one of you to have. I told you uh, Sunday night, he does not want to use me and my strength. He wants to use me in my weakness. Now, I will share this with you, but it can't go outside of this room. I went to the library the other day, and they had a whole shelf full of things that I didn't know. The shelf was full. And it's like, wow, man, you got a lot to learn, brother. A lot of things you haven't done. So I was kind of surprised. I knew that, you know, I didn't have vast knowledge. But I thought I knew some things. Yeah, I was smart when I was 13, but you know, it's all gone. Yeah, so anyway, that stays in this room. I don't want anybody to know because there's some people, maybe not in this room, who think I'm smart. Really? He's smart. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Moving on. But seriously, um, I just want to encourage you to... to Take advantage of every opportunity to seek the Lord. Every opportunity. And we can say, yeah, we do, we do, we do. But when you really think about it, think about it. Think about the average day in your life. How much time do you spend seeking the Lord or seeking your way? And I bet you the ratio probably isn't that great. Again, people like passion. Maybe I, could, maybe I could spend so much time in the Bible, but I'm busy. All right. Got one question for you. How many hours a day does the Lord give you? 24. So what about the people who get 24? We get 24 and they're spending a great deal of time studying the words, praying and fellowshipping. What's the difference between them and us? Know the word, folks? Priority. It's really what it comes down to, priority. So we can, we can do all these things. And uh, my sister, one of my sisters, uh, I just remember having this conversation with her and she was saying, you seem to be pretty busy. You're always doing something, always moving, moving and grooving. She said, you know what busy means? Well, busy means busy. I'll tell you what it means. She said, being under Satan's yoke. Oh, whoa, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> well, I'm not here to be nice. I'm your sister. I don't have to be nice to you. Being under Satan's yoke. And I won't forget it. Because... And that's when we started to talk about and I thought about he gives you 24 hours a day and it just comes down to what you consider a priority. And when you're too busy, I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy to read the word of God. I'm too busy to have fellowship with the people in the body or my sisters, you know, maternal sisters. Too busy, too busy for my wife. Too busy for our daughters. Too busy for our granddaughters. So what takes priority over that? You've got early morning, especially now, to get into the word. Seek him while he may be found. Seek him early if you can. That's where we are. But I just want to encourage each and every one of you Seek him. Seek him. And the thing is, I spent, I spent seven years, and to some of you, it's not a big deal, I spent seven years 
turning away. I didn't run from him, but I didn't run to him. And it came to me um, that uh, he never took his hands off of me. He kept his hands, his eyes, and his heart on me at all times. And during that season, I, I just never would have thought that I would, this is not what I want to do. Absolutely not. This is not what I care to do. I, I have no desire. Uh, I've obtained life. I've, I've become successful. I got the gold ring. I got all the trappings. So now, I don't really need them. That's for you guys. I was wrong. But there's two things that I want to leave you with, and then we're going to wrap it. Two things that he's shown me, and they both pertain to prayer. The first one is, taste and see that I'm good. How do you taste and see the goodness of the Lord and not turn away? And uh, a song that I heard, I, I'm, I don't listen to much, I don't see much, but I remember this song, it's called Who Am I Not to Worship You or something like that. And it sort of stuck in my mind. And the last thing that I want to share with you uh, tonight is after turning away for seven years, and then the Lord put on my heart, you need to get back to church. You need to get back into fellowship because the way you're going now is going to destroy, destroy you. And I, uh, a friend of mine said this uh, maybe a couple of days ago. He said, the way I was living, I was actually committing suicide. And it's like, whoa, that's kind of harsh. But when he really started to talk about it, it was, he was right. I was committing suicide in what I ate. I was committing suicide in when I ate. I was committing suicide in what I drank. I was committing suicide in the people that I call friend, friends. I was committing suicide in the places that I went. And then as we started to discuss this, I realized that it's true. And it says, all sin leads to death. Now, what the Lord did in this case, he caused me to go back to church, continue to seek his face. And fortunately uh, for me, I was raised in a Christian home and my mom and my dad believed that train up a child in the way he should go and he won't depart from it. And I can tell you that is so true in this case, maybe not in all because we still got prodigals. We still got undesirables in our homes and within our family we still got in-laws we still got outlaws and those things are going to be there but these are the words that he used to draw me back to him walked into the church and there was this pastor getting ready to do his lesson his message and before he started his message he used the words Come as you are. Simple, basic, but very profound. And that was enough because I knew there was a lot of truth in those words. Come as you are. Because I had some things that I had to clean up. I had to clean up my act. I can't go to God dirty like this. I got to clean up my act. And I said that first year. I said that the second year. I said that the third year. And my act still wasn't clean. And I realized that you think you could do all these things. You can't clean up your act. It's not in, Not only can you not, you don't even want to. So he caused me to continue to, to come back. I haven't taken my hands off of you. I've had a man, my hands on you from the beginning. And he said to me, and this is it. He who has begun a good work will be faithful to complete it. And he's still, I'm still a work in process. I'm still under construction. But he's doing a great job in us, not me, us, all of us, everybody 
in this room, in the people in pixel land. He's doing a great work in us. And some of you I know personally, and it just fills my heart to know that he's doing great things. It fills my heart to know that he's a good God. It fills my heart to know he's a good dad. It fills my heart to do that. So again, I, I thank you for coming out. And I hope that, well, you decide if this was a preaching or a teaching. Someone, a wise man told me that it's a teaching if you're learning something. It's a preaching if you're not. You be the judge. Heavenly Father, we just give uh, thanks now for what you've done in our lives. I pray for each and every one of my sisters and my brothers, Father, that you would give them just what they need. Your word tells us that I am. You are whatever we need, Father, no matter where we are, no matter who we are, no matter where we want to go, you've got the answer, Father. And I just pray, Father, that if there's any one of us who sitting here tonight who do not know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that this would be the night that they come running saying, what must I do to be saved? So we give you praise and honor, Father. If I said even one word that discouraged my sister or my brother, I pray that you would just strike it from my memories even now. And I just pray, Father, if there were some encouraging words that we would just build on it. We want to know you. We want to love you more, Father. We know that you you. You can't love us any more than you do right now. So there's never a time where we're not loved. I just pray that we can grab that, Father, and believe that with all of our heart. So again, I thank you for the opportunity to share. And I pray, as always, that your word was rightly divided. May you receive the glory of all that we do, all that we say from this day forward and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.